Yeah, it's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 154 for the midpoint of June 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, from Survivor.com, and with me, of course... Ben from Survivor.com, apparently. Well, I don't know. I just... I'd, I'd, shut up, Ben. Throwing it's it in long, there. Well, that's how long, you get there. <laughs> it's been a long week. Um, okay. Before we do anything else, there's been a lot going on since we last recorded, so um, I feel, as as the two cis white guys on this podcast right now... Um, not as qualified to discuss Black Lives Matter, but of course, Black, live, black Lives do matter. Um, and it, because it's June, I feel far better as a giant flaming gay to say that um, it's Pride Month. And, and related, we, we do, uh, I hope, um, offer up alternative voices and preach equality and acceptance and inclusiveness. So... I don't know if you have anything else to say to that. I just wanted to get that out there before we started because I think it's very important. No, very well said, I think. Well, good. Because um, it's, it's not just a, a now thing, hopefully. It's something that we keep doing in, in everyday practice. Um, and if you don't agree, by all means, please take it up with me because I would be happy to discuss that out of the way. Um, do we need to do a COVID check? We should do a COVID check. How are you, Ben? How is your how is your COVIDedness? Oh, it's been a rough week. I went back to the gym for the first time in about four months yesterday, and <laughs> I am struggling to lift this beer to my face right now. It is, I'm cooked. Like this what? was the hardest. It was like a half an hour gym session. It's the worst I've ever done. So, do you have what are the restrictions? Because Matt just my husband just got his restrictions, and he so we used to be able to go as as a couple. He could take me as a guest, but I I can't go as a guest because they can only have a hundred people in the gym. It's a very large facility, and okay. there's all these like restrictions on what you can and can't do. Like, did you have all of those things spelled out to you? Yeah, so you had to book. You only get an hour session. And I booked for an early lunch break. I had to book at the 11 a.m. even though I couldn't get there to about 20 past. Uh, I wanted 11.30, but it didn't exist. So I had to just go with that. And so that's kind of annoying, but you know, what can you do? Um, yeah, they can only have 20 people at a time, 10 if it's a class or 20 for the normal gym. And it was just, you know, like every second treadmill is roped off. The machines are further apart. The weights are, um, I think you're meant to sanitize before you use a new thing. So yeah. But it's it's not super hardcore. There were people coming in like at ten to twelve, so your session's meant to end at twelve. And I I don't know what they were doing. They're obviously either super early, which defeats the point, or they're super late. So <laughs> yeah, but I think people were generally trying though. Well, there you go. I've been I've been like pretty good at like running and and doing my like resistance band stuff in the house. Um, but I have like completely fobbed all of that off this week. This week's been like the week from hell from me. Um, we're not going to talk about most of these things, but I guess I'll just plug them really quickly. It's It's been that week where like some of the E3 stuff was supposed to have been in full swing, but that was supposed to have happened last week, but obviously was most of it was deferred for obvious reasons. Black Lives Matter. Um, but it's just been like a crazy, hectic, chaotic week. Uh, there's a thing from EA that goes up uh, next week that I did, but I can't talk about yet. So I'm glad I just remembered that. Um, we previewed GTFO. Uh, it's third rundown is now available. It's, uh, a cool little like left for dead survival horror esque game from 10 chambers. Um, which I wasn't very keen on when I 
jumped into the preview, but by the time I'd finished an hour later, I was like super on board with. So check mm. that out if you haven't. Um, what was, there was other stuff that I just can't remember. It's been a crazy, crazy week, but it all kind of culminated around the review embargo for the last of us part two, which we'll get to at the very end. Um, but also today, and that's why we're recording, uh, we had the very uh, hyped, and I think it did pretty well, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the very uh, popular, not popular, what's the word I want? Anticipated. There we go. Uh, PlayStation 5 Future of Gaming live stream, which Sony said was going to be about games, but we also got uh, games and the console design. So I think that's probably the thing that we need to talk about first I've talked for too long. Ben, mm. you've seen both the PS5 and the PS5 Digital Only Edition or whatever they're calling it. Yes, what I have. What do you think about the console itself? Um, well, I will say it's quite interesting that this happened in the week that would have been E3 and Sony were not going to be at E3. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but it's just, just strange how things turn out sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think all the memes that have come out today on the announcement day are pretty true. There's a lot going on. I saw one that said this looks like a, you know, like a rich university's new arts faculty or something like that. And that is what it looks like to me if you put it on the side. Uh, I think they've probably gone, I do like it, but I think they've probably gone a little bit too um, artistic as opposed to Microsoft is very, the Series X will fade away in your cabinet. It's the box that does all the work, but you don't really need to look at it. So only have gone for more of a, here's our design and you, you either like it or you don't. So uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I would prefer an all black one. Oh, I 100% would like it more if it was one tone, not the two-tone thing. Yeah, but then the the rounded kind of edges would probably look pointless if it was all black because it would just be more plastic for no reason. So I can see why they've gone for this. It does look like a Dubai skyscraper in some directions. It looks, yeah, it's very kind of, there was a lot of memes today about looking like a router or uh, just a PS2 inside of a white folder, all that stuff. Or a Japanese uh, fan, like not like a, like oh, a, yeah. a thwip fan, but like a, like a column fan. You get it. Yeah. Dyson blade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the, the discless one looks like to me, that was the design and the disc model was an afterthought of, Oh crap. People still use discs in some regions. We better put one in. So here's the thing that annoys me. Like the, the disc will probably be like what? 50 bucks theoretically. Mm. So if you're thinking of the PS five and the PS five, no disc edition, um, you're not getting a substantial savings by going the non disc route. So you might as well just get a disc. On the other yeah. hand, I don't like having disc games. So I would probably just go to the, the digital one because that's my preference. But cost-wise, I don't think there's going to be a giant gap. And if we're thinking of like Xbox Series X and the rumored Xbox Series S and Lockhart, it's it's less powerful and without a disc and all these things to like bring down the cost theoretically considerably. So you still have an entry point without having to like fork out all this cash. Yep. I'm not sure. Like I don't, I, I honestly don't know which tact I like more i feel like i, I kind of lean towards the xbox one probably because of me but because it gives you more options it's a less powerful console but it's cheaper but you can still run all these games compared to like oh i didn't spend 50 bucks that one time and now i yeah. have like a 4k blu-ray that i want to watch and i can't because i bought the cheaper playstation 
Like I'm very much like you. I prefer digital, but I, I feel this is very US centered in that as far as I'm aware, if you buy your game at a shop on disc or you buy it off the PSN store, it's the same price. Like they don't have the big discount that we get here. Uh, so if you buy a game on disc, it's like 30 to 40% cheaper on day one to buy it on disc than it is digital. And if that type of thing matters to you, I think long-term that extra 50 bucks you'll make back after like two new releases. So Oh, uh, that same saving doesn't really apply to places like Australia. I'm not sure which other regions have this same heavy discount on launch or if any do even, but I'm pretty sure America doesn't to this extent. So it does seem like it's not really for us. And I can't imagine that one would do well in the same way that the, the disc free Xbox one S did really poorly here. I imagine because it launched uh, and it was like 50 bucks more than the one with a disc. Like it was crazy. <laughs> so that was a total flop here. Um, but it seems like it's not really for our region, I'd say. Yeah. Well, and like, e- even if we're talking about America, if you if you spend 50 bucks at launch and you don't need to have, and th- like there's a lot of games we need to talk about. So like if, if you don't buy games at launch and you go back into a GameStop or whatever your retailer of choice is, two or three months down the line, the disc-based version secondhand is going to be far cheaper than going to the PlayStation Store and buying it outright. So I think, so like you you spend 50 bucks at at the start and you theoretically will save quite a bit down the line if you're patient. And like, there's like a Reddit called Patient Gamers and they literally just wait to get games until they're cheap. And like that, that's not a bad tactic because you get a whole bunch of really, really good games for hardly anything as long as you have the patience to do so. And I think that's really the problem. People don't have a lot of patience. Yeah, pretty much. I think, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe in Japan, that's a big deal. I don't know if they're more of a digital country for uh, media at the moment, but yeah, it's an odd choice. Hmm. Well, uh, we might as well talk about games then. There were a ton of, and you've grouped these for us. Thank you, Ben. Uh, There's a ton of exclusives, a ton of multi-platform things, and we'll kind of get to the rest. Um, We might as well hit the exclusives first. I think the the most important exclusive to talk about is Spider-Man Miles Morales, not just because it's continuing the story of the Spider-Man game that we've already got from Insomniac, but because it's leaning wholeheartedly into an alternate voice. Mm. Miles, a minority, a crazy, amazing character on his own, um, who kind of started off in the shadow of Peter Parker, if you follow the comics, but now is his own like fully-fledged hero. That like This is not only a great game to launch the PS5. It's like a really good game just for the time and where we are in the world. And I, like, it's just like, I, I'm sure Sony didn't try to plan this like that, of course, because this has been going for a while, but like, it's just like, you couldn't, well, like chef's kiss. You couldn't have done this any better in my mind. Absolutely. I do think though, am I reading too much into this? The fact that it doesn't have a two in the title, is it a small game only because what spider-man came out in 2018 and then dlc so if they started working on this then it's only going to have had a proper you know 18 months of development which is very small for a big uh, you know triple a game so i will say it is reusing uh the world that was already made so you're still in new york uh that will cut down development time a lot but it does seem like a very short development time by current standards i feel like insomniac probably started this like I, th- I feel like this was always the plan um so i'm not as concerned but i i do understand what you're saying in in terms of the games that sony itself is putting out on the ps5 there's only one with an actual numbered bit in its title and that's gran turismo 7 even mm. like 
Horizon 2, which has a bloody 2 in Roman numerals in its logo, is not being called Horizon 2. It's being called Horizon Forbidden West. So I, I, I don't know. Like it's, I'm, I'm both ways about it. I get what you mean, though. We'll have to wait and see. It is a great launch title if they get it there and it, it doesn't get delayed. And it, uh, you know, they needed something to go up against Halo, which isn't a kill zone. And <laughs> thankfully, there was no kill zone today. So I think that's a much better launch title. And we've already kind of outed Horizon not two, but there's a two there. And that, it's going to hurt my brain like the Watchdogs underscore thing does. And like we'll get to Resident Evil 8 Village or whatever it's called. Let's just call it Horizon 2. That's it. There is a two there. We're going to use it. So she, it, it's, it's Alloy. It's continuing the, the story of Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. And she's set out to the West. And we've seen screenshots of Alloy underwater. with like They're like crazy amazing looking screenshots, by the way. Like it's the underwater section is what really like drew my eye to it. Um, she's in San Francisco. You can see the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a continuation of the story. Um, I kind of dunked on it because it was saying that you could play however you wanted, but there were like, like legit uh, times in the game where you were forced to fight or you were forced to do stealth. So hopefully that's kind of like sorted out or they don't lean on it so hard in the marketing, but like it looks amazing. So I'm super excited for it. And yeah. this is like, this is, this is that thing where like Gorilla kind of had a proof of concept with Horizon. And now like this is, you know, they, they've probably had a, a good chance to think about the execution. And I'm sure there's a lot of refinements too. I think these were the two real obvious ones. We knew that they were going to go big on Spider-Man and big on Horizon. They were the obvious games to go with a sequel, both being, I guess, one was an original and one was kind of a reboot new styling. So uh, they were the easy ones to go for. And then uh, I'm going to change the order of this list and go back to something you just mentioned, which is Gran Turismo 7 is... The other expected one, really. The other expected one, but it's one we expected about seven years ago. So, <laughs> but there was uh, sport then. Sport. Okay, sport doesn't count. Sport was trash. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they take so long. They released Gran Turismo 6 after the PS4 came out, but it was only on the PS3. I remember that coming out and thinking, why? Mm-mm. And then they've somehow missed an entire seven-year console generation, and now they're like, we're going to do it. We've figured out how to make a game. We can, we can do it this time. Meanwhile, Microsoft has pumped out about seven Forza games. So I don't know why they take so long. And they've, <laughs> I guess well, we'll get this and then we'll get the next one on the PS7. And I'm not the audience for it, but like if, if it's not like a Horizon, like a Forza Horizon style racing game, I really don't care. So like if we're getting Forza 7, is it Forza 7 or Forza 8? It could be 8. Point? 8. If we're getting Forza 8, I don't care either. Gran Turismo 7, I don't care. I'm sure there are people that do. And like it's it's sport games and in racing games that have the the biggest kind of advantage in these next gen leaps because it's hmm. like it's pretty defined what the game is so it's just like leveraging the technology that's why all these racing games are like 120 frames like instantly because that's what they do um, like it's good if you're into that. I'm happy to move on unless you want to talk about it some more. Uh, we can move on to a game that I'm very excited for, which is Ratchet and Clank Rift, I believe. Oh God, I thought you were going to talk about Sackboy. I'm so glad you're no, not. No, okay, no, good. No, no. Talk about Ratchet and Clank, please. Ratchet and Clank, this the I can't remember what it was called. It came out in around 2016 or 15, maybe. Wasn't it just like my, a reboot called Ratchet and Clank? I think it was Clank? just a reboot. It was I think just, so. I think that's one of my favorite games, which no one really talks about this generation. I played it. It was kind of went under the radar. I never went back to it, but I really enjoyed it at the time. It was just a an easy little platformer that you kind of just played mindlessly. And I thought it was great. So 
it's not something we need lots of, but I think to just have that early in the life of the PS5, it's, it's different to what Sony otherwise offer. It's not that heavy, over-the-shoulder, third-person, dark game. It's just some light and fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. And it's like big gimmick uh, rift apart is that um, there's like interdimensional rifts. So as part of the trailer, we saw like Ratchet getting replaced with Ratchet, I'm going to say, like a female. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, main character who may or may not have meant to have been like Ratchet in that timeline or something, but we'll see. It's 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 cool. Like in, Insomniac, crazily enough, out of these all like all these exclusives, it it's producing two of them, and obviously different studios and stuff. But maybe that's amazing of Insomniac, and maybe that's adding more like weight to your point of maybe the Spider-Man game is not going mm. to be as as sequely as we think. Yep. Uh, I talked about it before. So Sackboy, a big adventure. Uh, it's not by Little Big Planet, who are probably like neck deep in dreams. This one's being handled by Sumo Digital, who's basically like Blue Point Games in that they'll just do anything you ask them to do. So Sumo did like Xbox Fitness. They did a whole bunch of I can't think of any beyond that right now. They did a whole bunch of like weird ports and and kind of like oh, generic right? sequels. Yeah. yeah, so they're doing Sackboy A Big Adventure, which is like Sackboy from Little Big Planet. I, I don't care about it. I don't know if you have anything else you want to mention. I don't really. I didn't notice it too much. I assume it's more um, you play as Sackboy and it's kind of more structured as opposed to Little Big Planet, create your own stuff. I don't know. That's the Yeah, it's like a, different. like a Mario kind of style yeah. platformer, I would assume. I'm not too sure though. Um, Project Athia is uh, a working title from Square Enix. Uh, it was one of those ones where it looked kind of cool, but I was like neck deep in writing stuff from the reveal. So it's, it's it was really like, short. I think yeah, there wasn't this, much. She can uh, jump happened. really far. She can she's she can like pull up like, tendrils to like use as a shield and stuff. I don't know. I didn't get much from it. It did seem kind of horizony, but the main thing that happened was, look, there's this giant creature at the end, and then it's splash screen of exclusively for PlayStation 5. So that's why they had it in there. I'm thinking this is a while away. I think so as well, especially since it's the only game that had a working title, not the proper title. Mm. Um, so there you go. I'm going to save the... T- ben and I are looking at a, a, a Word document with games on it. I'm going to skip ahead and go to Godfall, which is uh, developed... By, I think they're called Counterpoint. It's being published by Gearbox. It was um, announced at the Game Awards last year as a PS5 title. And it looks kind of like a, a Dark Soulsy, like dude in medieval armor fighting things style RPG. Um, the thing that kind of caught me out with this reveal is, or not the reveal, gameplay trailer, I should say, is that it was like medieval kind of like combat, but with like, a weird like techno beat behind it. it and like the only, it just fully removed me from watching it properly. Cause I just was kind of like tripped up by the disconnection between what was happening on screen and what was happening in my ears. I don't know if you could disconnect from that. I got to tell you, I did not watch this one. It must've happened. I was, I watched the second half of the presentation covertly on my phone at work while I was doing <laughs> stuff. So I did miss some of the games. It was just super like hacky and slashy. I don't really care for yeah, it. That's probably why I missed it. And that's the same thing in my brain for Little Devil Inside. I can't even remember what it was by Neo Start or something like that, I think. Yeah, it seems similar. It just had, you know, PlayStation 5 exclusive on it. So it gets a, a mention. 
And I've grouped the last two games in the exclusives category because apparently they are timed exclusives, mm. but they've been um, coveted as console exclusives. So, like, we, I don't fully know for sure, but they're both Bethesda games. Um, they've both been announced previously. One is Deathloop and one is Ghostwire Tokyo. So Deathloop is an arcane game. Um, it's being developed by Arcade Lyon. Um, it's kind of like a Groundhog Day-esque game where this person's trying to kill a whole bunch of people, but he's caught in this time loop or death loop. Whenever he dies, he comes back into this loop and he has to kill eight, I think, six or eight uh, targets. And there's like a main antagonist who is uh, deterring him from doing so. And it kind of looks a lot like... um, like a Dishonored style of gameplay, which is pretty... Very arcane. Expected from arcane, yeah. Um, but with like a lot of style, like kind of like Bioshock-y style, but not in the same vein of Bioshock. But that's it, like it's, you can see it. It's very um, obvious. It's very, it's like it's, you can tell exactly what it is by looking at the, the direction, I would say. Yep. Kind of keen for it, but like... Bethesda is the only publisher thus far that's come out with like these console timed exclusives and I just hate it it's just gross I hate it with like something like Control putting out their DLC on Windows PC and PS4 like three months or two months ahead of Xbox like I just hate it like don't do it and I, I know that's probably Sony throwing a whole bunch of cash at a publisher to do so but like I just wish that wouldn't happen for one and I wish the person receiving the cash wouldn't accept it there were quite a few today. Well, there wasn't heaps, but there was, um, I know there's, I think, a free version of GTA Online, which is its own thing, which is on PS5 for three months exclusively or something like that. So there was a few more. And this used to be a thing with last generation. Uh, Xbox did quite a lot. So, you know, they quite publicly had the COD DLC first, which is now on PlayStation. And so they've kind of switched. So Xbox kind of stopped doing that and PlayStation are getting back on board. So we obviously had Rise of the Tomb Raider, which got a lot of flack for being a 12-month exclusive on Xbox. I don't think they've done one since then that I can think of, whereas PlayStation have come in with something like Resident Evil 7 Remake, and now they've had a couple today announced. So I think you'll you see Xbox probably find, kind of fight back. Um, I don't think they want to, but I think they have to kind of grab a few of their own timed exclusives because they don't really have a choice. Otherwise, they're going to be just back where they were last generation. People saying you don't have enough stuff. And Sony's boosting theirs with stuff which should be multi-platform. So yeah, I agree with you. I would love this not to happen, but I think that one side is playing it. The other one has to as well. And it's, it's wholly whoever's like leading the market the, at the moment. So like when all the stuff that you were talking about was happening, that's because Xbox 360 was on top. And now that PS4 was on top, you, you've seen it kind of shift to the other direction. But yeah, it's gross. The other thing as well is uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was the E3 announcement last year with like the most adorable Japanese woman like talking about the game. She's since left the company, but that's fine. It's by uh, Tango Gameworks, who did the uh, the Evil Within uh, 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's very similar in kind of like aesthetic. It's, it's in Tokyo. It's like... Um, stray which is something that we weren't really planning to talk about but it's like this cool game where like you're in a tokyo or tokyo-esque environment and like the world is very japanese and vibrant and neon and like pulsating with life and all this crazy stuff is is there um in the case of stray you play as a cat which is awesome in its own right but in the case of uh, ghostwire tokyo you're playing 
as like a detective or something. I don't know. And there's just like crazy ghosty stuff happening. So like there were girls in school outfits without heads. There were like the, the Samara from the ring kind of like long dark hair in front of their face, like little girl kind of ghost. There was just a ton of creepy ghosts and I didn't really get a lot of sense of what the gameplay would be like, but I definitely got the atmosphere and I'm totally on board for it. Is it directed by our mate Shinji Mikami, friend of the definitely show? Definitely Shinji. So it, it should be good. But again, exclusive, at least for a certain time to PS5, which is like, eh, okay, I'll play on PC, I guess then. But ugh. only because um, maybe I'll get gamer score. God, that sounds horrible. You know what I mean? I just have a preference. Yeah, if, well, I, I think, if it's multi-platform, yeah. I'll play on my Xbox because I want to get gamer score. Do it. I agree, but I'm happy to play on PlayStation if it's out there first. That's why I'm going to have both consoles, but it would be nice to have the choice. Uh, something which is not only on PlayStation 5, because it's also on PlayStation 4, is <laughs> Oddworld, Soulstorm, and Jet the Far Shore. I'm only mentioning these because I'm not going to talk about them, but just because there were some games today that were clearly cross-gen. Those are two examples. Yeah. So there was kind of built up, this is the PS5 reveal, and most of it was, but there's not everyone's on board with that. You know, Xbox has taken a very... Um, flat stance of everything will work on both generations. Sony have gone the other way saying you need to upgrade, but it's clearly not a cut rule. So there's obviously some stuff which is going to be on PS4 as well. And we don't really know how that will work. Um, We'll get to that a little bit later. Also a game called Goodbye Volcano High, which like I only mentioned because it was crazy insane. It was like dragon furry culture playing guitars and like having teen angst. And that's mm. also coming out on PS4 and PS5. And like, there's been, for, for me looking at the website stats, there's been a lot of crazy interest about it. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about it. Yeah. It seems like a, like almost, almost like a, like a visual novel, but I don't think it is. It's insane. But like, we'll get, we'll get to that PS4, PS5 cross we'll stuff to, in a second. We're obviously going to have cross gen. The other stuff today was the multi-platform stuff, which is coming to Xbox. They obviously didn't say that, but, Xbox were very quick to tweet what they were getting as well. Uh, so uh, see, Hitman 3 was probably one of my, I would say it was my favorite game that was announced today that I didn't see coming. Because nice. I knew there was going to be Spider-Man and um, Horizon and I really like Hitman 2. So I'm glad to see another one. And they also confirmed later on that it's the same modular style game. So all the levels from Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 will be remade with the updated, if there is uh, gameplay features of Hitman 3. So it's going to be a gigantic game if you play all of them again. Uh, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. PC, Xbox, Series X, and PS5. That's Same it. for the two Capcom games announced today. Uh, the first is, like, God, Resident Evil 8-age or Resident Evil-age or Resident Evil Village. Look how um, I've written it here. That's the correct yeah, way. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's, it's called, it's properly called Resident Evil Village, even though in the Resident Evil 7 style um the vil v-i-l-l is a roman numeral which stands for eight so it's resident evil eight but it's not called resident evil eight it's called resident evil village um but it, it also is called resident evil oh 8. god like i don't <laughs> even know like don't even start me yeah. um it stars ethan winter who was the protagonist of resident evil seven so it's that same first person um 
experience like Resident Evil 7 was, despite the success of Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Um, Chris Redfield, who is a longtime protagonist in like most of the games, I'm not going to bother trying to spell them out, um, also stars. And I think the biggest takeaway for me out of all this is that all of the rumors that I've heard about Resident Evil 8 or Village um, have proven true. So it's in like this kind of snowy, castle-y thing with an aesthetic very similar to Resident Evil 7 where there's like a lot of like mutilated animal carcasses on the ground and it looks like just families have lived in squalor and just like left their crap around. But there's also werewolves. So... I don't know how to marry this all together in my brain. It just sounds putrid, but also I love Resident Evil as a franchise and I'm sure I'm going to be on board. I'm just like, I just, I have low expectations that this is going to be amazing, but I hope Capcom proves me wrong. This is where I'm going. That's what they did with seven. I think the expectations were so low then. Oh, and they but kind of seven, I was away. on board from scratch. Yeah, okay. Ah, oh, it was atmospheric. We had the kitchen demo and stuff. So there was all this like build up to this like new kind of Resident Evil experience. Um, and if I'm being honest, I think leaning on Chris Redfield, one of the like old style protagonists to kind of drive the plot forward is, is, is a bad choice. Like if you're going to, if you're going to double down and have bloody werewolves, like just do it. You don't need Chris Redfield. Just Go mm. do it. But anyway, that's just me. Um, the other game was called Pragmata. Did you check out Pragmata? Not really, to be honest. It was like uh, Death Stranding-esque in that there's like a little girl walking around a city um, and she's accompanied by like a person in a spacesuit, like a full-on like you work for NASA spacesuit. And the spacesuit has like this arm that like gives capsules to the little girl and she fires them around this like urban area and like when the capsule explodes or whatever it like shows you memories from the past so it's like it's very death strandingy and i hope it's not like actually like death stranding e um but it's not till 2022 i believe like it seems like Ooh. it's a capcom game that's very much just in development i'm kind of doubting what i've just said so i'm trying to like find a date that I've well, written. that's all right. They they were always going to do that. That's very. Uh, there were going to be a couple of games which are miles away. They just wanted to beef up their content. It's definitely 2022. So there you go. So in this in the Sony style, here's a game that you're not going to get for quite a while. Get hype. Mm, no problems there. <laughs> so before we get into like the the stuff that we were expecting and didn't get, what did you think was good about the entire event? Uh, I think the the general feel of it and kind of the theme, they were very quick with the games. They've learned from their own mistakes years ago at E3, and this is similar to their uh, their last couple of E3s, where it was game, 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 game. Uh, but they're pretty short, pretty succinct. Even when they had people on screen, they only spoke for a few seconds. I think Sony have got down that presentation style, and it's great. So I think everyone else should copy that. Uh, I would have liked the console to be announced a little earlier, but they kind of ended with that. They showed it off. We've talked about it already, but I think they they had to show it and they finally did. So that's there. I think they, they had enough variety. I think we knew they were going to have the sequels. So we've talked about those, but they had enough kind of different indie games. Um, a few surprises like Hitman 3, which at least I didn't know about. And I think it was, yeah, it, it wasn't that mind blowing. Here's the next gen like the um, PS4 of it was, but it's um it's it's what we're getting now so i think a few people have said this the days of you have a 
console box for five or six years, and then you get a new one and you toss the old one away. Those are done. It's a, it's a smaller transition and that's what we got. And that's what we should expect. What about you? You, you, you nailed it. Um, I, I like, I like that we finally get to see what the PS five looks like. I like that we had, it was, it was all games and like, and, and quite honestly, I, if, if, if I'm thinking back to what uh, Xbox did with the Xbox series X in May with like a whole bunch of kind of like mid tier uh, third party games, like that's not the way to really introduce your console. <laughs> so exactly. Sony has come out of the gate like and nailed it absolutely nailed it um i would have liked a proper release date i would have liked an idea of price but of course you're not going to get those things um and i'm not sure what sony has up its sleeve now in the lead up to launch so i guess we're just going to see like nintendo direct style deep dives into these games but that's cool I, so. like, I feel like we didn't get a lot of information about them so i'm like fully on board for that too so like, i think i feel like sony's put most of its cards on the table and now we just get to like revel in it and that's good it's refreshing which moves us to what was missing and i'm thinking that they're missing because they're not there so yeah. as you said uh, Sony seems to have put out all their major cards here of what is possible, what you were getting with PS5, whereas Sony, uh, Xbox, sorry, is more drip feeding stuff. So the main things we we're hoping to get confirmation of today were the uh, the equivalent of Smart Buy, which is your cross buy, cross save. So smart you buy delivery, but smart close delivery, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> so confusing. These, Same idea. Terms. Buy it on Xbox One, get it on Xbox. That's it. Or uh, vice versa, I guess. It works both ways. So we didn't um, have anything like that last generation, and it was a real pain to, first of all, have to buy a game twice, but then to start playing it. And then I remember it happened to me with Black Flag. You know, you put in 20, 25 hours, and then you have to restart when you get it a month later on the new console. And, of course, you want to play it on the new console. So uh, and Xbox are... have addressed that, and they've kind of, not only have they said all their games are going to be upgraded for free, but they have a way for publishers to, to migrate them easily. Whereas Sony have basically left it to publishers to do their own thing. And presumably that means there can't be cross-save if they just give you a code for the PS5 version. Well, yeah, it's super confusing. So like all of the Xbox first-party games are smart delivery capable. So like you buy it on one, you get it on both. Like either way, it doesn't matter which, it's you get it on each. Um, if you buy a Sony game on PlayStation 5, their marketing has been, this is a PS5 game. So you, you don't get it on PS4 because it doesn't exist on PS4. There's backwards compatible IT. <laughs> that was a good, <laughs> well done, Steve. There's backwards compatibility. There we go. Um, on certain games, but we don't know which game. We don't know anything about it. They've said just the 100 most popular PS4 games will be available. Uh, I think that suggested more will be added later in much the same way that the Xbox One currently does. It, it keeps adding stuff, yeah. but we don't know. Uh, how it's going to work, you know, is this natively emulated or is it playing a, um, a, a PS4 OS, basically? Um, we don't know. We don't even know. I don't think I've confirmed. Can you put a PS4 disc in or do you need to buy it again? So yeah, I don't know. it's just some of that basic stuff that we don't know yet. Can you use a DualShock 4 or is the DualSense too different? Uh, I would imagine from the way that they've said, like, we've made a clean cut, like you won't be able to use peripherals. And yeah, like, so. there's a PlayStation camera on PS4 and now there's a new 
HD, whatever it's called, PlayStation 5 camera. So I'm, I'm pretty sure for peripherals, you're needing to buy the new ones. But even like in the, in, in the, in the way that games go, um, Control, Destiny 2, Yakuza Like a Dragon as examples, these are games that are coming out on Xbox One that we know of that have smart delivery. So they're third-party games, and it's already been confirmed that if you buy it on the old console, you'll get it on the new console, and all of your saves, your progression, your entitlements come across. And because Sony didn't do anything about that today, we know, like, in the example of... uh, Was it not even Hitman? I can't even remember. In the example of definitely of um, Grand Theft Auto, of Control, you know that you get those games on PS5 without paying anything else. But do you does your progression come across, or do you just get to own that game? And we still don't yeah. know those like really integral questions. We don't have answers to those questions. And if it means having to start from scratch, that's not great, in my opinion. Neither option is great. It, it does seem like publishers are driving this, and Sony have said you can do what you want. And okay, fine, but that means that there's that doesn't have the the technical side of it where they can just migrate it like smart delivery can. So. If there's no way for you to, as you said, if there's no way to move the progression across, publicers can't choose to do it. They need the tech side of it. So uh, maybe they'll announce it, but it kind of seems like if that was a thing, they would have kind of put that out there as a pretty big feature. Well, if, if, you're, if you're comparing features, well, and I get like, so the, the Sony PS5 SSD is leaps and bounds better than what the Xbox Series X is going to have. But I feel like this kind of stuff with all these games as a service that you are being encouraged to continue playing like that's so there's pros and cons to each console but i feel like that the xbox platform and uh, approach is more beneficial to a consumer than what ps4 or and ps5 is offering absolutely maybe we'll find out more that goes back to your previous point of the market leader doesn't have to be consumer friendly so Hmm. xbox need to win more people and they're being a lot friendlier to them for it yeah well and that's a thing. So we'll see what happens if Xbox gets this massive lead and then gets complacent. That's kind of what happens, isn't it? We'll see. It's all dependent on the game. So their July event is very important, I'd say, for the future of this generation. Nice. We're taking way too much time to do all this stuff. So I will give you a really quick rundown, if you want, Ben, of The Last of Us Part 2. Let's have a quick rundown and we'll discuss it more in depth once a commoner like me has actually played it. You've been playing it for some weeks now. Yeah. release like what is weeks. your what is your elevator pitch to me should i be playing this game i have a lot of stuff that i cannot talk about because of nda but i really didn't find it difficult to speak around it but that seems to be like this weird um theme that i've seen now that we've published and i've read other people's reviews but anyway beside the point um it is a long game that is bloated and it seems like it's kind of dripping in Uh, naughty dog arrogance where they think they've become master storytellers and can do no wrong. Um, If I'm speaking super generally, um, it uh, buries gaze, not figuratively this time around, even though the first did quite a bit of that, it's uh, doing it emotionally, figuratively. Um, And I see all of the story beats either repetitive from repeating from the first game or designed to uh manipulate you into feeling emotion at the detriment of the stereotype or the minority that is kind of having all this leaped or heaped upon them so um story-wise 
gigantic mess. Um, Gameplay-wise, super amazingly, crazily good. Like, it's it's one of those weird games that's going to be super divisive because the gameplay components are amazing. If you skip all the cutscenes and just play the game, you're going to mm. love it. If you, if you are more after a narrative approach, I don't think you're going to find it as, as easy to either like love or hate. Um, you see, that just sounds like the opposite to the first game to me. So I just yeah. played a little bit of it again recently and it reminded me that the story was amazing and that's why I played it. And at the time I liked the gameplay, but playing it again now, it feels quite dated and a bit clumsy. So the gameplay is very B grade compared to this amazing story. Yeah. It sounds like it's flipped. It has like even in terms of the opening, like the opening of the last of us was just like action packed and crazy. And the opening of two is just so slow, which is like, you kind of, you can kind of afford naughty dog that at the start, but they, they kind of take that approach to the entire thing. Like everything's just very padded out. They're like, ah, you know what? That's a super important story beat that you want to know about. We'll get back to that in like four hours. I was like, oh, really? Why? So um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, like, I'm happy when people have played it to talk about my like specific gripes about it. But I think I've, I've hit them generally without ruining anything quite well. So that's, that's on the website right now. Um, it's reviewing fairly well and that's fine. Like I'm not saying you don't like it. I've still recommended people play it, but I kind of want people to play it to talk about it and kind of air their grievances more often than, than not. But that's just me. Mm. No, I think you're pretty fair. You gave it an eight out of 10 overall and you've suggested people play it. So, you know, it's, it, we sounded quite negative then, but it's just it's compared certainly to the... not death stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Listener. Uh, <laughs> Compared to the heights of the first one, I think it probably sounds like people are going to be maybe a little disappointed. It's not quite what they expected or doesn't quite meet those lofty heights, which is a classic sequel in a lot of ways. You can't quite get to those levels again. It's like, it's like, well, it's not, but like the, the, the same idea as, you know, like the first season of Lost, which was this like crazy high concept delivered well season. And then like, I don't know if they had an actual plan beyond that. So it's like, oh, what can we do that's, that's good. And it feels like a little bit of that. Um, and like my huge problem with it is about like LGBTQ representation. And it's, it's, there's a lot of people that I've seen kind of being like, Oh, but you got representation. It's like, well, yeah, but representation just, and having representation is one thing, but like being used as a pawn is another. And that's really where I have a big problem with, with how it plays out. Mm. But that's just me. Well, I'm glad to hear the gameplay is great at least. And so oh, I'll check time. it out. Super good. Like it's on, on any difficulty, it's crazily good. Like it's, it's definitely worth playing, but just like, I don't know. I, I feel like Naughty Dog has been praised for their work so hard. They kind of have lost touch with what made it good in the first place. Mm-hmm. And they're either repeating beats or just kind of like deciding that they've done no wrong. But anyway, that's me. Be cool. Well, I'll play it with the the people when it comes out in a week the people, or so. The plebs. Uh, yeah, you can plebs. sign in as me. You can play it on PS4 right now if you log in as me. Hmm, no, I do that. Trophies, Ben. Uh, I don't want to give you trophies. So I've got all the trophies, that. so it's fine. I've got all of them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is so tell me that I hate this game now, people. <laughs> it says eight out of ten great so it sounds like a pretty good game overall great enough i great wish I, could, enough. I wish i could change the graphic but anyway great enough it's pretty good um okay. ben thank you for joining me it's Happy been a pleasure on the the internet i am what am i ben underscore salter on twitter and i'll just say before we leave this was meant to be e3 week we were planning to be there 
uh, the world changed and we couldn't go. So I'm a little disappointed because we, as much as I have been to a lot of E3s, I've been to six, I realized since 2012, uh, but we haven't been to one together since 2015. That was when you were still an unmarried man was the last time we went to an E3. Oh, that was right before the... Oh! And we were so close to going again, but not to be because the world shut down. So that's a shame. There's well, always did, next year, maybe. Did Facebook tell you that today, eight years ago, we became friends on Facebook? Which, if, if it's not the exact date, it's pretty damn close to probably the day we first met. It probably would have been, yeah. No. That makes me sad because we were supposed to go this year, but um, whatever. It is what it is. Yep. We're safe and healthy, so that's also good. Have to be next year. Yeah. How can we find you on the social oh, media? Oh, God, it doesn't matter. I'm, S- <laughs> I'm SRAT on, S-R-I-T-A-U on things, and if you don't like my review of Last of Us, don't get in touch with me. That's fine. Uh, and Survivor for everything else. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with more The Last of Two in two weeks <laughs> the, la- the last, of, last of us hang on hang on the last of us part two is not the last of us two. <laughs> it'll you be the last i haven't us, played it the last of us part two part two review oh that's yeah. the name of the episode <laughs> boom <laughs>